Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hola, amigos. This is Ray Hudson from B in Sports and Sirius XMFC, and you are listening to Barça Talk. Today on Barça Talk, FC Barcelona hosted Villarreal at the Camp Nou for the first game of the 2020-2021 La Liga campaign. With two goals and a penalty created, Ansu Fati was one of the bright spots of the game. Kuman still has a lot of work to do with the roster, however, getting three points is definitely a good start. We also discussed Luis Suarez being officially transferred to Atletico de Madrid, as well as his debut performance against Granada. Hello and welcome to Barca Talk, part of the Blogranogram Podcast Network. I'm Gabriel Quiroga in Madrid. Joining me today is on the show is Greg McGough in the UK. Greg, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, really good. Good to have football back. Good to start with a win. Life is good. For sure, for sure. We were talking before a little bit beforehand and, you know, finally we can talk about the game as opposed to all the drama and the rumors and everything that goes along with that. Yeah. And going along with those rumors, let's quickly talk because officially this week, you know, Luis Suarez heads to Atletico Madrid. And first of all, let's just go over the, the contract details. It was still on a free transfer. They they changed up the variables. So Atletico had to pay some of the variables, but it's on a two-year contract. And he had his debut today against Granada, and he did pretty well. I mean, he came in as a second-half sub, and he had an assist and two goals. And I don't know if you saw the Twitter reaction, but everyone was flipping out, obviously, <laughs> because they were saying, I thought he was done. I thought he was done. Yeah. Now, my question to you, Craig, is... First of all, how were you feeling about Luis Suarez going to a rival in Atletico Madrid? It was probably the one thing I wasn't overly pleased about, if I'm honest. I think the idea that he can come back and haunt us domestically doesn't sit overly comfortably with me. I would rather he went, similar to when I thought Messi was leaving, if, if Suarez had gone to somewhere that meant something to him, back to Uruguay, back to Ajax, even back to Liverpool, I'd be I'd be happier than I am that he's gone to a a, a rival. But uh, yeah, Twitter the Twitter meltdown today was bizarre. I think, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But what Luis Suarez showed us today was exactly what Luis Suarez is. The problem is that we can't carry that. Exactly, and that's that's the thing I wrote as well. Is that it's not that I don't think he can still be a contribution to a team, right? I just think that this is going to be the perfect type of role. If he comes in as a second and a half sub, especially if you're playing Atletico, the physicality, and then all of a sudden you have another top tier physical number nine coming off the bench. He's going to give you performances like that, you know, and that's what we've been, for example, I have been pining for the last two years that Suarez should be doing this for Barca a little bit yeah. more. Um, so with this performance, obviously he had a great performance the other thing, too, going forward, is this just going to be his role going forward or is he going to eventually take over Diego Costa's spot? Well, I think it should be. I think it should be. If, if I was an Atleti fan, 
I'd be, um, I'd definitely be pushing for that. And I think that, that that's where he is. So, I mean, let's go back to go forward. Suarez is a legend at this, at our club, without a doubt, the best striker, the best number nine that we've had since Ronaldo, um, <laughs> don't at me everyone uh, I'll, I'll stand by that you know and and, 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 his, and his stats his stats stand up for themselves the problem that we had at Barca that you're not going to have by default at Atleti is that you know and, and we can see from Messi's reaction I don't inherently disagree with him in, in terms of what Messi said but how how would Messi respond never mind Suarez to him becoming a 25 minute player this is the second point and the biggest point is that we can't carry the wage of someone to come off the bench for 25 minutes we just can't do it so the fan in me says, I hope he does that for Atleti all season. The Barca fan in me says, I hope he doesn't do anything that impacts us. Let's hope he never scores against us and does that against Madrid in the last 20 minutes twice. But I think that that's what our fans need to realise is that our, our club financially is a mess. And we, yeah, can't, yeah. We, we can't pay someone in the top five salaries of our team to play 20 minutes of football a week. We can't do it. Yeah, it's a great point. That's the thing. Financially, we're a mess still, and this doesn't really alleviate anything going forward. And, you know, the other thing, too, that I want to also kind of document was the press conference and how awkward that was, mm. right? Having Bartomeu on his right. I mean, the whole thing was so weird. And some of the questions being aimed at Suarez and a couple of times, mm. he kind of took a shot at Bartomeu. And again, it's it's this backdoor policy. My friend, uh, I was watching the game tonight with my friend, and it was funny because the way the camera was showing, I don't know if it was on your angle, it just said, un club. And then they were mm. showing the field. And my friend was saying, yeah, Barca lately is becoming just a club. Mm. With these type of moves that they're doing and also just the respect or lack of respect that they're giving legends. Yeah. And do you know what it reminds me of? Maybe this analogy will get lost a little bit on some people and I hope it doesn't bear with me. I remember when I was at university, so I I did law at uni and I, I was too, I was too fond of a night out. So I would spend the rent, the rent money would go on drink and I would have some great nights out and I would party a lot. And then it would get to the end of the month and I'd be, I'd be broke and I'd have to go and sell some records or whatever <laughs> to go I'd pawn some records. And that, that's kind of where we are now is that we're having to pawn things to get our money back. The, this, the, but, and it's not just this season, Sillison, Neto, Artur, Rakitic, Suarez. What we're doing is we're having to discard things in order to stop us getting into some serious bother. And the fact that we're, we're in a scenario where losing Suarez's wages is better than, trying to get a transfer fee tells us everything. And I think Bartomeu has got to take the blame from that. And if I was Suarez, I think I would have, I think I would have been a bit more pointed than he was in his press conference. And I would have wanted to wear my laundry a bit. Yeah. The issue you have, if you're Luis Suarez though, I think is that, yeah, it hurts now. And it hurts because his best friend is there. He left Liverpool under a cloud. Mm-hmm. He left Ajax in, they adored him, but he, he really didn't treat them very well. He, he jumped ship at the first opportunity, really. Did he really want to leave Barca under more of a cloud than he was going to in the sense of he was getting kicked out? And I agree with that. So I think he was in a bit of a no-win situation, Suarez. The club took a chance on him when many others weren't going to. You know, let, let's also remember that, is that he's been a massive success here. But we signed, when, I, when, we, when we signed Suarez, I was dead against it. I said, mm-hmm. we can't sign this guy and have Mescue and club. I feel like I've said we can't do X and be Mescue and club a lot in the last five yeah. years. Um, so I think we, you know, we, we, we gave Suarez a genuine second chance in football. I think he remembers that it it was a mess all around, but the biggest thing for me seeing Bartomeu at the press conference was he's a man out of his depth and he's a man that's now starting to look at, not just in terms of his deeds and his actions, but also physically he looks beat. Yeah, he does. He does. 
He does. I almost felt sorry for him. Yeah, it's one of those things that we, uh, Brian and I used to always make fun of is when the coach comes into Barcelona with dark hair, they leave with white hair. Yeah. Right, because, yeah. Of, because of all this stress. And just like you pointed out, Bartomeu's beard, you know, he looks like he's been a man in hiding, you know, that type yeah. of thing. So totally. He's been on, he's I, been I, on the whiskey, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the other thing, too, is I, I put a question out there on his press conference. I said, are you, put the, are you the better man and just try to just go through the press conference or – do you just put a flamethrower to this press conference? And I was mm-hmm. hoping that would be a little bit more kind of retaliation to how he was treated and stuff. But obviously we saw that Luis Suarez is still class and, you know, he only took a couple of shots at Bartomeu kind of, you know, it was still very yeah. subtle, but more importantly, you know, obviously, like you said, he's a, I would say, you know, for me, he's, he's the best number nine, just because the the length of period that he's been at the club, the number yeah, of goals yeah. and then with the titles and all those things, I would say, the comparable of like duration would be Eto, that type of yeah, thing. But, yeah, yeah, I think I think you know. Obviously, yeah, I'm saying obviously as if people might think I was around, <laughs> but you got, you, you got, you're going back to Cesar maybe in terms of the last yeah, one yeah, yeah. who scores many goals, and you know who 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 knows where we are there. But yeah, I'm with you. Et, Etu, for example, the duration, yeah, the stats, yeah, but I think Suarez is a better player. Um, sure. Ronaldo, it was probably a better player, but the duration, I'll give you. I mean, the, the man's a legend. And the the other thing I would say from my perspective is. If I was in Suarez's entourage, I think I would be saying to him, "What what have you got to say that people can't see anyway? Like, what is he going to unearth that we don't know? We know Bartomeu is incompetent. We know he's out with his depth. We know there's financial mismanagement. We know there's some very shady underhand dealings. We know the club's a mess. We know that we need to get rid of players. <laughs> what do you add, yeah. Suarez? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And, and, you know, this is one of those unfortunate things because I wish there was a crowd there to give him a proper despedida, you know, mm-hmm. with, the, with, the, with the crowd in there. And I, and I think because, you know, like, well, like we've been noting, he's a Barca legend, top, mm-hmm. you know, number three scorer of all time. And just the stats are just unreal. So, um, but let's, let's kind of transition over to the latest rumor and one that's kind of I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, our friends at Black Ronogram are reporting right now on Sunday night that Barca have the upper hand in negotiations between uh, Barca and Bayern. And I'm excited about this because Dest is an American player. Like he plays with a national team. I know he's not a true American with the half Dutch in his side, but selfishly, you know, uh, I've never seen an American play in La Liga really, you Mm -hmm. know? And so to see this, and obviously I think if he gets signed, I think he will become the outright starter going forward. And so, you know, what do you, what is your feeling on this signing? I know it's a a very good signing for the, for the money we're going to get him. Oh, I see you shaking your head. Let's hear it, Craig. I want to, I'm curious to hear your, your thoughts on this. I don't want to be, we have a saying in the UK, I don't want to be a negative Nelly about everything. Okay. I promise. I promise. One, I think it's the wrong side. I think we've, we've fixed, we fixed the ever so slightly better side first in the right hand side. Maybe that's because of where the market is. I don't know. I think, I think Sergio Roberto, and I've, I, I'm saying this on a night where Jordi Alba's just won one of the match, right? But um, <laughs> I, I think I think longer term, Sergio Roberto can do a better job for us over 38 games a season than Jordi Alba can. Secondly, okay. I worry about I, I worry about the step up that he's going to have to make so soon. I think if we'd assigned him four weeks ago, I'd be a little bit more mm-hmm. confident and giving him a chance okay. to bed in. And the last thing I need to be honest and say, I don't know a huge you know, a lot about him. However, if you've got Bayern Munich in for him they don't make too many dud signings. So if they were genuinely keen and it wasn't just agents trying to talk up fees, then I've got to be happy. So I think in an ideal world, if we if we had a left back coming in as well, I'd be sat here with a big smile on my face. As it stands, I think, have we 
we don't have a lot of money. And if we're putting 25 million euros into this, have we spent our transfer budget for the season on the side that we probably could have got away with this year? However, I think you're right. The marketing potential, the youth, the speed, I'll take all of that. So I'll kind of, I'll kind of reserve my judgment a little bit, but you won't see me cracking open the champagne tomorrow if he signs but you you seem excited though so tell me more about that well i mean i you know i've i have not really seen him play obviously and, and i'd always say when you go on youtube it's a false highlight reel right because obviously they're going to fix i guess for me just i always find the players from ix as a natural pro team yeah. transition to come to barca right because obviously the connection and so forth so i think automatically he would be able to fit into the passing game better than let's say Samedo, which yeah. took him forever and he still couldn't figure out so i think that's going to be a big benefit maybe, maybe but, that's where my worry comes from maybe it's because the last few fullbacks that we've brought in have have struggled but maybe you make the right point which is that and if they're, if they're not coming through la masia they're not coming through ajax we're probably struggling to integrate them but make that yeah it's a brilliant point actually that should hopefully help yeah. them yeah, for sure. And, you know, I like it. This is one of the things where if a real sporting director had the vision of the whole team for a four year window type of thing, mm-hmm. I would have loved to see the signing last year, you know, having him play his last year in Ajax and then transition in the summer. Like that's the type of, you know, fortitude that you have to have, not sell tomato the last day to Wolves and then all of a sudden scramble and then compete yeah. with Bayern for this type of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's one of the, the issues that I have. But as a player, I think he's going to be good enough. And the other thing too, I mean, we've given Sergio Roberto so many times to play right back and he has his faults. He's decent, but in the high pressure games or games with a lot of speed, he lacks, right? And mm-hmm. I think Des can fulfill those things. Obviously, we're just basing this on potential and from what I've read and seen. For me, it's just the two things. An American on the first team just gets me really excited because, yeah, obviously for for that. But obviously, you know, for the if it's true that they get him for 22, 25, I think it's a steal. But again, just like with your analogy earlier with the pawn, you know, pawning and and going out of the thing, it's the same thing, right? We get out Tomato, which was a great deal on a financial basis. But then all Mm. of a sudden it's like, you know, how much are we really getting that back? How much are we using that? You know, obviously there's still rumors of Lataro coming and um, Depay coming. And so... Mm. Again, who knows what's going to happen? And these are the type of things that are really troublesome because the season's already started. So the transition period is going to be difficult for these players coming into a new team and a new league. So we'll see what happens. I mean, again, if we can get them, I'll be happy because then we have some depth at at the fullback. Yeah, agreed. And the last thing before we get into our match review, we're going to talk about the the censura. And I was just telling this to my friend is, you know, when you are going to kick the dictator out, right, the dictator shouldn't have to validate the signatures, right? I mean, there has to be a third party that should do this. So what, what do you have on this? You have this on our dock and, and you have more info on this. So what's going on with this? I just, it's crazy. So for anyone who might not have seen it, obviously the, the votes were delivered and it was circa four and a half, five thousand over the over the necessary agreement. And um the first reaction was crazy, which was Bartomeu saying, Well, no director has asked me to resign, so I won't be resigning. <laughs> which somewhat misses the point, you would think, which is that yeah, yeah. of of course your cronies aren't asking you to resign because they're your cronies. It's the you know, the fans have said it. And then the second point is it, it's been rumored now that um they will want to verify that every member has in fact had their signature uh, obtained correctly. And that will include stenographers being involved, um, oh, gosh. which without being patronizing, that's people who, uh, who look at signatures and writing for anyone who doesn't know what that is uh, to verify that. Also um, looking at whether things had been, had signatures had been bought. Now 
if you just look at the time that that will take, never mind the damage that will do to people's trust in the club. Um, at the start of this process, you might remember from one of my mini pods, I said I wasn't overly supportive of the motion mm-hmm. because I felt it was unnecessary because the, 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 sure. the board were, they were going anyway. I certainly wasn't in favor of Bartomeu, but I thought, well, they're going. Let's concentrate on the bigger issues that we have. Um, but it seems like in every passing week, he does something that just makes me think, right, enough's enough. <laughs> enough's enough. Let's get this clown out of our club. And I think this one, I think this will potentially do the most damage to how the fans perceive their status in the club than anything else that he's done, which is that we've we've told you this now, get out. I think if it, if the motion had been passed by 300 votes, uh, then you start to look at, uh, you know, as you've said, do we bring a third party in? Do we bring someone to verify this? We're talking a fair <laughs> fair amount of votes yeah. over. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the man's a clown. He is. He's an yeah, idiot. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because if I remember correctly, there was a specific timeline of when they had to validate those signatures. Mm. And obviously, just like you said, you know, it's one thing if it's 300 signatures or 400, but the fact that it was over 5,000, it's kind of a no-brainer. And especially during a pandemic that these people 100%. were able to get through that, right? So that's that's the other issue. So we'll see what happens with that. Again, it's... I mean, every week is something different, right? I mean, the good thing is that we have games, so it kind of deludes yeah. that a little bit, you know, kind of tapers down the drama. But again, yeah. this is going to be a huge issue because now there's more candidates that are coming out to want to become president. So that's the other issue yeah. that's going to come out. They all have their vision. And I think any of these guys is going to be a much better decision maker and person that's going to be in charge of the board. So again, we'll see what happens here. Uh, Before we get into the match review, we just kind of want to talk about our Patreon. Like you said, mini pod, you're doing the mini pod. Everyone on our team is doing a mini pod. And yeah, so we're doing daily content every day. Um, So basically join our Patreon community. You know, we mainly have the stuff from Spain, but also from the UK, you and Charlie, and also from the United States as well. Um, You know, every week, like we said, we have the daily mini pods covering the first team, La Masia, and of course, Femini. Femini is about to start in a couple of weeks. So we're going to do some shows about that. But also we, Mariana and I, Mariana is based in Barcelona. We have a video chat once a week talking about the news in Madrid and Barcelona, which is a lot of fun. Uh, This week, we discovered that Mariana has a huge love for Ricky Puj that I didn't know that existed. So that was quite interesting. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so and we also have a fun WhatsApp group and our members are really active on that. I always having the opinions, especially during the game as well. And so just for a little five dollars a month, you can help support the podcast so we can continue creating Barca content. Finally, we can get into the review of the Villarreal match after this break. All right. So finally, we have a real game that we can evaluate, dissect you know, take a look. So it was match day three. Obviously, this is the first match for Barcelona coming off. It was uh, at the Camp Nou. Barca won 4-0. Have a lot of mixed emotions about this game because I still, like I told you in our WhatsApp group, I still think it's a lipstick on a pig situation, but we'll, we'll get into that. First of all, let's go into the, let's go into the starting 11. So the starting 11, Neto, Alba, Langley, PK, Sergio Roberto on the back, Coutinho, Busquets, Dijon in the middle, and Fatih, Griezmann, and Messi. So my first talking point for you, Craig, is this whole time I thought we were going to do a 4-2-3-1. And most of the time in this game, it was a 4-3-3. So what's the deal? Are we? I thought we were going to have some sort of revolution. Starting lineup with this formation doesn't look like it's going to be a revolution. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a spicy one, I think, because I disagree <laughs> with a lot of what we said this evening. I, I felt it was a 4-2-3-1. Okay. And, uh, and I felt that... I felt that for a long period of the game, the 4-2-3-1 looked good. It started to unravel a little bit, I think, towards the end, which first game of the season, let's give some credit to uh, to the players getting getting bedded in. 
um, I was listening to Busquets after the game in his interview, and he said, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a system is a system. It, it, it doesn't favour me. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't act to my detriment. The last sort of. Well, the second half would suggest otherwise, but even never mind. Um, but no, I, I, I thought it was. I thought there was there was big passages of play where the four two three one was evident, and we looked great. I, I think if we stayed in a four two three one, it would be detrimental as well. So I disagree slightly that that the formation hadn't changed. Where did you think it went wrong then from the four two three one? For two reasons, I did not want Busquets to start. That's the that's my first issue, and Agreed. I just think. I just think Alenia or Pjanic is a better situation going with that. And the other thing, too, is, you know, this is obviously not going to be a clear cut 4-2-3-1 that you normally see where you actually see the clear lines going up. Right. So that's the other issue. You know, with our attacking players right now, it's basically everyone's playing a false position almost. You know, the only one I would say is Fatih is the only one on the left corner that stays on the same. But like, remember, we had this discussion was going on in our WhatsApp group and I saw on Twitter it's just for me, I just I want clear position and discipline because that's part of our problem. You know, you're saying this performance was great and good at times. And I was the whole time I'm watching this and I say, if we play any team with speed and defense, we're not looking this good. And it brings back the same issues. We're still super, super slow. And to me, with <laughs> this formation, the players that we use in the starting lineup, I'm still I'm still on the fence about everything. I know this is one game, but I just don't see anything that's going to be any different than last three years. Well, there, there is a lot to unpick there. So, lead, <laughs> okay, let's go. Um, did I want Pussy to start? No, no, I didn't. Say, same as you. However, what I would say is, as a fan base, we aren't the most rational. And I say that with an infinite amount of love in my heart. We are not the most patient and rational fan base. If we look at what's going on in the last two weeks, Rakitic gone, Vidal gone, Suarez gone. If Kuman had dropped Busquets, you can see it now. The, the front pages tomorrow will be revolution. Your, to your point, revolution. I'm not sure that what Kuman wants is to be seen as a revolutionary. I think he wants to be seen as a, what's what I'm for? He wants to mold the vase. He doesn't want to smash it to bits and create a new one. He wants to give it a new you know, coat of paint, if you like. And I think, mm-hmm. so I, I, I understand why he did it. I'd rather he never did it, but I can understand why he did it. Do I do I hope that Busquets will be our starter in two or three games' time? I sincerely hope not, but we'll we'll see. He did all right today, but he's not what I want for 38 games. I think that's step one. Secondly, the point you make about everyone playing in a false position. Now, that's not something I'd picked up on, but when you said it, I was like, my God, that is correct. Um, <laughs> that no one, and, and it, it's bizarre. I think the false nine works amazing, but you know, a false seven is a new one. Uh, false 11 <laughs> is a new one um, yeah. and you know it's a really good point actually and I think that's right but what, what I think I don't think we were slow I think there's certain there was some passages of play where we transitioned really really well where we would win the ball um, there would be a, a, a quick transition through the middle and, and, we, and we would go um, and I think you know the the the, the second the fatty goal that, that mm-hmm. was exactly that we, we won the ball PK quickly got out to Coutinho he drove forward we scored brilliant what I think happened today, and I could be wrong, and I hope I'm not wrong, is that you had players who were playing a new system, because I do think it was a new system, in their first mm-hmm. game of the season who got tired. And I think that naturally caused, one, people to fall into some old habits, and two, the pace to drop. I think if we, if, if we only looked at the first half, or if we were somehow able to synthetically replicate the first half into the second half, I think it would have been different. The second half was boring. 
mm-hmm. 4-0 up, it got slow. I'm not sure it's as, as uh, big uh, an issue as you're making it out. I think if we'd have put someone in there other than Busquets, it would have been faster. And I think we need to see two or three games of the system to truly judge. So, yeah, I think we've, we're seeing it slightly differently. But I do think we both agree definitely that Busquets of 38 games is not where we want to be. Yeah. I mean, again, there were moments, especially in the Fatih goals, right, where it mm-hmm. was a counter going up the middle. But that's that's kind of the – I want to take that away because that's those are just moments in the match, right? I'm talking more about when we have possession and we're trying to make – attacking moments from that right because that's generally how we usually score the goals right yes Mm. Coutinho had a good drive on that on the second goal Fati that was really nice going up the middle and obviously Griezmann taking the two guys away because Griezmann Mm -hmm. just moves like nobody and and this is my other this thing is there were so many snapshots that I was looking at on the field especially when we were on their half where all our players were static still you know, and this is my biggest issue with the four-three-three because it's such a difficult system to play if your midfielders don't dance and come in and get the ball. It just becomes exposed, and that's my biggest issue is that I'm still seeing, like you said, the same tendencies, especially in the second half when we got tired and the game was already won. I understand that it's four nothing, but this is part of the problem. We we need to change this mentality because if we want to get back to the top of the mountain that we want to do, especially in Champions League, mm-hmm. you know, you're telling me. You know, Villarreal was super disappointing today. I thought they were going to be a tougher team today, a tougher test, and they just were not. Yeah. But, for example, if you take, like, let's say Everton, you know, with the new Everton with James and stuff, mm-hmm. how does that team stack up with their speed against okay. us, you know, or a team like this? That's – that's I'm just looking forward because I think it's this false sense of security of, like, yeah, we had the two counters, but in the whole, like, we still have a lot of static and slowness issues. Yeah. Let, let me ask you a question. When was the last time we played great football? Yeah, that's what I, I'm, we, we, I was, which, no, genuinely, which, which season? Yeah, maybe three years ago. Yeah, so we've got to look at the players yeah. that started tonight. So you've got Neto's never played in a side that we would say played good football. Neither has Longley. Uh, Sergio Roberto, potentially, but probably as a mm-hmm. sub-midfielder. Uh, Jordi Alba was significantly fitter the last time we did that. Uh, PK, I thought, played well tonight, actually, but he, yeah, again, he, yeah, can't, yeah. he can't do a huge amount of that. Then you've got to look at the midfield and say De Jong hasn't played in a good in a proper Barcelona side, in inverted commas. Busquets was a significantly different player the last time we did. Coutinho hasn't. Messi has and was probably the most comfortable out there tonight at doing that. I'm not saying he had an amazing game. Uh, Fatty hasn't, but was amazing. Separate point. Griezmann hasn't. And I'm missing someone else. Who am I missing? No, it's everyone. So I think what what we need to look at is, with the exception of the starters tonight, with the exception of Alba, PK, Busquets and Messi, two of which are significantly different players to what they were, one of which he was a central defender and I can't, you know, yes, we build out from the back, but can't do a huge amount sure. of Messi again. So I agree with you, but what I what I look at is, again, what are we expecting Kuman to be? So if he's expected to come in and revolutionise this team with personnel, with tactics and everything else in four weeks with no budget, I just don't see it and we're setting ourselves up to fail. If this is going to be a case of we need players to bed in, then I'm okay with it. And I think realistically, we, we're only going to be able to make a judgment of this when we're probably two or three months into the season. Now, I understand for some people that'll be too long and too late. And if it goes wrong, you're, you're up a bit of a creek there without a paddle. <laughs> and that's kind of back into seti end territory where we've let it go too long without it being a fix. But that's the issue that we have. And I think we need to look around the issue based on the players that we're, we're seemingly promoting and getting in. With the exception of Ricky Pooch, who was a disaster that he's not getting a first-team place. But mm-hmm. let's see what happens as the season progresses. Maybe there's another plan there. If we look at the players that we're bringing through, Pedri, 
going back to proper in inverted commas Barcelona football will sure. bring Cow it will bringing Coutinho back it will if we play him right separate point let's not go let's not go over that again Dest if it's about pace and driving forward will so if we look at what it looks like we're trying to do the way we're setting up I do believe that the double pivot is to is to try and mandate that we pass the ball more that we don't have to just keep missing out the person who sat in the middle of the pitch because Busquets was a he was a bystander for large parts of last season. Yeah. I, I'm really confident, and I'm not saying today shows everything. And I'm not. I'm not saying it even starts to answer a lot of my questions. But for a, a solid 40, 45 minutes today, I genuinely enjoyed that performance more than I have in a long time. The second half was terrible. But how many yeah. times do you see it? a team goes? Three, four nil, five nil up at half time, and you think the guy this could get to nine, could get to ten, and it never does. It never, ever, ever does. It never lives up to the hype because the players go in, they look at it and say, right, let's avoid injury. Let's not go and kill ourselves for a game that we've already won. And these things generally tail off as fans. We're used to FIFA and we used to go in and right, I'll we'll score ten now. Sure, um, sure, sure. So I don't think I don't think I don't think it's as bad as it we've made out. I thought we played well in the first half. I think we've got pace more than we have in a long time. I'm really optimistic and I hope I'm not being a jingoist and I'm not being, <laughs> you know, uber patriotic and I'm not getting the wool pulled over my eyes, but so far, so good for me. I'd love to know what everyone else thinks. Cause obviously me and you seem like we're on different sides of the fence here, but I'd love we to know are. what your general reaction is. So I, I, you know, I take some of your points, but I would say, you know, if Luis Enrique was still the coach and those four players that you mentioned, then I would say I would take more of your point of like, understanding when they played really well but i think the 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 thing that you can change in an instant is intensity and speed and i just still don't see it going and i know it's just the first game but i just still see i still see them walking too much and it drives me crazy because obviously i know i i know i'm trying to get the iniesta chavi ability of moving around like this but for example when i watched tiago in liverpool I see it in him as well. Like the ability to go get the ball, move around this type of thing. And we just don't have that, which leads me to the next point that we're going to talk about. Cause we could talk about this for days. Yeah. Dijon. I, st- you know, obviously he's, he's starting. Kuman wants to have him as a double pivot. I think that's great. My biggest thing is too many touches. And I think he just needs to get better at making quicker decisions to distribute left and right or through. What yeah. say you? hundred percent yeah. agree. hundred percent agree. So my, my headline take on this, and obviously we'll dig a little deeper, is the player I was most excited about was signing, and still am very excited about him. However, tonight, the most disappointing player on the pitch. By a distance, by a distance, he looked positionally lost at times, which I found disappointing, considering that we, you know, you could make a strong case that says a lot of this positional change for, that Koeman's brought in is, is to get the best out of him, mm-hmm. arguably more than anyone. I, I agree with you, too many touches, not quick enough in transition. Again, the same as in the, um, it was the Nastic game. Was it the Nastic game where his mistake led to their goal? Uh, I believe, I think it was. Yeah, a a similar one that could have led to a goal tonight. Um, Just a sloppy passing edge of the box. Um, I'm hoping, going back to your point you said about intensity, I disagree. You can't force intensity, not when you've had no preseason. Here's one for the headlines. He looks slower than Busquets tonight, which is almost physiologically impossible. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's cheating biology never mind football so yeah i thought he's very disappointing tonight maybe we'll see a different player when uh elena or pjanic gets in next to him but on performances tonight he he's got some work to do yeah i don't know if it's 
you know, the dance parts are you're with, right? And I don't know if it's with Alenia, maybe he's he feels that he has to speed up a little bit more. And maybe with Busquets, he's more plotting with this mm. idea. Because I mean he had 89 touches, which is pretty high on the team. Uh the most was Jordi Alba with 112 to kind of give you some comparison. So he did touch the ball a lot. But to me, I just feel like instead of, you know, in that double pivot, one of your positions is to keep the tempo. The rhythm of the passing, right? And I think a lot of times he just bogged it down with two touches. But I also think it's quantitative in the midfield of not moving as well. And that's the other thing too. And that's a good good point. And I think, you know, it's it's the old adage, isn't it? That the the singer gets the headline, but the drummer drives the band. And I think that's that's a really good point. And who we put him next to will drive that. But I also think maybe he's got to drive it more. I thought Busquets tonight, I felt like he got forward more than, than De Jong. I felt he won... Some he got some little touches in the box defensively more than De Jong, so I think yeah I'd love to say that that's where we are, and I think it's a really really interesting point that you know if we put him next to someone else he'll, he'll be forced into playing differently. But right now he needs to look at it and say what do I want to become here? Do I want to be yeah. the new Busquets? And by that I mean the linchpin that everything is built around that Busquets has been for ten years for us. You know we we had ten years of greatness and two years of mediocrity from Busquets, but them ten years were in, insanely good. Does De Jong want to be that? Or does he want to be Sedu Keita, which is we all know he's got talent. We all like him. We're all glad that he's in the squad. But really, if we sold him, who would be that bothered? Performances like we've seen tonight and that were creeping in towards the back end of last year, but he got given benefit of the doubt for being out of position a little bit. That's where he's heading. And I don't want to be, I don't want to throw in too much hyperbole here. I don't want anyone to think I'm writing the guy off, but he was the one tonight that should have made a statement and, and just didn't. You know, that, that's the thing is because I always have, you know, when I think of him and his kind of the trend or the peak of what I remember him is him playing Ajax against Real Madrid mm-hmm. and how brilliant he was. Yeah, yeah. And again, I don't I don't know if it's just that he's missing the dance partner alongside with him and also the front to be so dynamic and want to go. Right. And I think he just needs to really just focus on two touches or less. Right. Yeah. Nothing more, nothing less. And if he just does that, that's really going to help the tempo. Right. And I, there's so many times where he almost gave up a goal in the box mm-hmm. because he was doing too much touches and he didn't realize there was two players around him. That was one aspect, but a lot of times he's doing three or four touches. Yeah. And if anyone that's played and knows it's like three or four touches always bogs it down. If you're going mm-hmm. up the middle with three or four touches, beating people, that's something different. But if you're doing side to side, three to four, you don't need to do that. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. that's a really good point on him. I mean, that's something we need to look at because, you know, one, one of the things I thought was holding him back was Valverde and Setien not giving him the full responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. Because they were still relying on Busquets. We need Dijon because he's so much younger. We know he has the potential for that speed. Now he just has to take that responsibility and really drive that passing game to go forward. That'll lead to more attacking and obviously, hopefully more brilliant football. So that's the yeah. thing. Let's go on to, I would say, obviously, you know, for me, the, for me, he was the player of the match. Uh, the bright spot, the youngster, Ansu Fati. I mean, he had two goals. This kid is something else because I don't think we've had a winger in a long time that's looking to shoot. And I think that's a really big difference for his performances, not only with Barcelona, but also with the national team on that left side. His speed, his ability to do the one-on-one moves, and also the, the most important thing, Craig, he's not doing the same repetitive one-on-one. And so for a defender... They just go on their back heels. Obviously, he was able to create a penalty, which I thought was a little light, but in in real time, it looked fine. But again, what can you say? In this debut of La Liga again, two goals. I mean, it's just, it's insane for how 18 years old. I mean, it's it's insane. It's insane. 
he's a superstar, isn't he? Let's be honest. And, yeah, yeah. you know, and you know, he reminds me of, and some people might not take this very well, but he reminds me of peak Cristiano Ronaldo in the sense of what's he going to do? Like, you just don't, he's going to drive at you. You know that he's going to run down your throat, but you don't know if he's going around you, <laughs> through you, under you. He just looks impossible to stop. And I think he, he looks a player who has no ceiling. Like he could achieve anything here. And I think unlike, as you said, unlike some players who have kind of sprung up at that age and been superstars, they've been kind of basing it on one on one facet. They've been rapid. They've been super, super quick, or they've been incredibly skillful, or they've had a great ability to sniff out a shot, or they've been able to get in the right place at the right time, or they've been spoon-fed chances. He's all of it. He's all of the above. And the fact that we've got a 17, 18-year-old who looks at home at a club the size of ours with players that we have during the worst period that we've had since that kid was alive, that tells me everything. This this guy's a superstar. And tonight I just thought he, yeah, he carried his national team form over, as you've said. And I'm not going to say we should build the team around him. It's far too early, but you've got to look at it and think we've never replaced Xavi and Iniesta. Mm-hmm. That was the big problem that we had. Coutinho was brought in to try and sort of replace Iniesta. It didn't work. I, I, still, I think it was unfair on Coutinho, to be honest. The club are going to get away with this because it was because he's through La Masia. But I think if we are worried about the replacement of Messi, I think we've found him. Yeah. Because I think he's have... the guy you give the ball to, hope for the best, and this kid looks like he'll drag us out of it. And I honestly think there's no, it looks like there's no ceiling to him. I, I've never been this excited about a player since Messi, to be honest. Yeah, I would agree. And for for me, it's like one of those things, especially when you, like you said, you don't know if he's going to go through you, under you, over you, that type of thing. As a defender, he would scare the living crap out of me because mm-hmm. you don't know what he's going to do. And also he's going to make you look foolish no matter yeah. what you do. If you go, if you go left, he's going right. If you go right, he goes left. And, you know, in the second goal. But I think also the other thing that is so hard, at, especially at this level, is just the calmness that he's able to find the back of the net, right? And that mm-hmm. second goal, he was able to go near post under the keeper. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not that's not a typical finish, especially at a, at a person at 18 years old to take that and just kind of take a snapshot of where the goalie is and then convert it. That's the other thing. You know, you can try it, but obviously to convert yeah. it is on another level. So again, he, I, you know, he's definitely the bright spot. He's the most exciting. I mean, like you said, it's just funny how, this board has kind of just luckily found him mm-hmm. out of, you know, necessity basically. And now he's rising through the ranks, but also he's producing. And that's the other thing. Yeah. Now the last player, uh, the last player I want to talk about is your favorite player, Jordi Alba. So you, like you said, <laughs> like you said, he got man of the match, like on the, <laughs> on the website I'm looking at here on yeah. who scored, he's man of the match. I'm still worried about this, Craig, because tonight is a perfect example of what happens when another team has no wings, right? Jordi Alba has free range on the couple times that he was tested. He was able to be fine, but man, his crosses drive me crazy. And I know one of them converted to Fatih's goal. I understand that, but just some of his crosses and just his play. I don't know what it is lately, Craig. He annoys me now and I don't know why. And I just, I don't know if it's because of his attitude that he thinks he's so good and accomplished everything and the way he, I don't know. There's just something irking me with him yep. and I just can't, I just can't shake it. I just can't shake it. I'm with you. And I think in terms of him getting man of the match, I think, so Scarface is one of my favorite films and the line <laughs> in that that says, 
Don't get high on your own supply. Well, Budweiser, king of the match, stop drinking so much Budweiser before you make your decision, ladies and gentlemen, because he <laughs> wasn't in a month of Sunday's man of the match. Um, Jordi Alba, for me, is Busquets, he's Suarez, he's Vidal, he's carrying all of the same problems, which is which half of him do you want? And that half of him will be perfect, but you can't do both. So Jordi mm. Alba going forward, I would argue, is as good as he's ever been. He's always been terrible at crossing the ball. He's just put enough of them in that eventually one would come off. It's Danny Alves again. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I used to get a lot of um, a lot of negativity for my opinion of Danny Alves, which is, yeah, give me 35 crosses a game and one of them will land. <laughs> you know, and, and but a right back getting one assist becomes a hero. A left back getting an assist yeah, becomes yeah, a hero. Give yeah, me enough of them yeah. and, and eventually one of them will come off. And I think, so Jordi Alba for me is is going forward is as good as he's ever been. Jordi Alba defensively has always been terrible and still is. So I, I would actually argue with you that he's not doing a huge amount differently. It's just that we're just getting found out by him. He, he can't yeah. get forward and get back. He's not got the pace to make up for how bad he is defensively and always has been. And I think, you know, again, we, we signed him as a converted winger. We didn't sign an out-and-out fullback. So I'm with you. And that that's, you know, at the, at the top of the show when I said, I, I, I'm struggling to get too excited about Dest because I think we fixed the wrong side. That's exactly where I am with it, which is brilliant. We bring a right back in, and let's assume that let's assume Dest becomes the second coming of Chappie Ferrer. Mm-hmm. Perfect. If I was an opposition manager, I, I would still be just pinging balls to our left side of the pitch and saying, <laughs> "Let's get behind this fella because the minute he's beyond the halfway line, he's not getting back." And I think if you look at Villarreal tonight, one of the things—if I was a Villarreal fan—one of the biggest things I would take away is that why didn't we just attack down mm-hmm. their right, our left? And just mitigate the threat of Alba because he can't get back and forward. And I, I think he's our weakness. I think Busquets will get dropped eventually. De Jong will either pick it up or get dropped. And I think there's enough players between uh, Pjanic, Elenia, Ricky Pooch. We can we can fix that. Uh, Joe, who who covers left back for us? Is is Firpo yeah. still in the squad? Is Junior still around? Has he got a number? Is he? I mean, the, the latest rumor is that he's going to get shipped this week. So we'll see what happens. But your Danny Alves take is my Jesus Navas take because I feel it's the same way. Like everyone thinks Navas is so brilliant because he can run so much. And I'm like, well, I don't remember a cross that he's done that actually got to a goal. And then funny enough, he did one today. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true, before I mean, that, it's, it's, it's the, the same thing. It's so- like... Cristiano Ronaldo once, and I've seen it because it came up in my Facebook memories the other, the other week. He once went 88 free kicks without scoring for Portugal, right? And uh-huh. scored. And the headline was, Ronaldo scores great free kick. Right? Give me 88 yeah, free yeah, kicks yeah, and yeah, one yeah, of them yeah. will go in. And that's where we are with it. Because they're a fullback. If that was a winger, if that was Coutinho putting the same amount of crosses in that Alba was, he'd be absolutely ridiculed by our fans. Yeah. But it's the whole thing about because he's from La Masia, because he's a nice fella. Yeah, he's he's not he's not good enough, man. Yeah, and this is the, this is an issue that's been happening in the last two years. There needs to be someone to push him, but actually someone that's going to push him and actually get playing time. You know, that's the that's the thing because for all the things that Alba does, uh, you know, attacking wise, offensively, he's brilliant, right? I mean, we can't argue any of those things. But like you said, in these big games, just think about all our elimination games in Champions League. Yeah, it's because of that right corner. I mean, that's what it just comes out every time, you know? And if I were an opposing coach, that's the side I would attack as well. I would just yeah. overload that side and make him be uh, try to be a defensive liability out there yeah. as opposed to going up the wing. So, But every, everything stems back from that as well. And we, we had this conversation when we spoke about Rakitic. We did a... Um, we did a cafe pod and we were talking about Rakitic when Rakitic was about to leave. And we made the same point, which is Rakitic covered so much for Jordi Alba that it looked like Rakitic was out of position, but it wasn't. What was, I mean, it's this professional football. 
Rakitic was getting pulled in to cover Jordi Alba and all that's happened is the, the opposition would just put the ball where Rakitic was and Rakitic was made to look like the fool, right? And that's not necessarily me defending Rakitic because Rakitic is doing his job, but this is where it stems from. So we, we have a, a big gap in the corner. One of the weakest points that you can have on a football pitch defensively is in your channels. We've got mm-hmm. a big hole. You then have to pull either or both of, for us, generally, that would be Longley. Uh, the way it would normally up, it would be Longley. And at the minute, you're looking at Busquets, right? Well, that's terrifying from a starting perspective. Let's assume that becomes <laughs> Janic or Lenya and I worry a little bit less. But even still, you're, you're pulling someone out of position. That's potentially two players out of position because someone can no longer make a 60-yard run back because they've gone up the pitch to go and shank across into the keeper's arms or out for a goal kick. Like... When when he was at his peak, we could carry it because there was significantly younger players around him. He could get back quicker. And the, the big thing was, oh, look how quick Jordi Alba is getting back. He shouldn't have been out of position in the first place. Let's stop. You know, Paolo Maldini once said, if I've got to make a sliding tackle, I've failed. Right. Let's stop yeah, yeah. applauding players for making heroic last ditch attempts to save their own mess up. And let's start saying you shouldn't have done that in the first place, guys. And. I, I think that's the problem that we have is that we we keep replacing positions that don't need replaced. If we bring Martinez in and we still don't have a left back, then I'm sorry, but I won't be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. Before we finish the episode, I guess I just want to check in with you about Messi. Um, mm. You know, when, when Messi started, he, he, he looked sad still. And obviously when they scored the first goal, he started to get happier. Man, I like we talked about the beginning with the formation. You know, I know I know that Messi is brilliant. He has his free form. But there's just two things that I think are going to hurt us going forward, especially with I'm always thinking of the tougher teams, elimination games and champions, these these moments. Right. And there's two things. Messi backtracking or playing defense and also just the lack of discipline, because when he goes all the way to the left, we're overloaded and we're exposed to the right or vice versa. Mm. So those are my two issues. And that's kind of, you know, if he starts on the right, I, I really want him just to be in the right. Or if he's going to be in the middle, just in that little channel, because I think that, you know, especially like, let's say a team against Bayern who will focus on these faults of ours, they can really expose us. And poor Griezmann is running all over the place to cover everyone like Rakitic used to do for Alba. So yeah. again, these are the things, but I think if you know you've got one player that isn't going to track, I think you can work with that. The problem I think we have at the minute is that we've got three who I believe can't track back effectively or or track men effectively. I think you've got Jordi Alba who just can't do it. I think you've got Busquets who can't do it. And I think you've got Messi who can't do it. And I think if we, if we, if we know that we're set up that Messi won't track back, what it means is that we have to put runners around him that will, which means that Busquets has to be out and has to be, even Pjanic, I'm, I'm saying this as someone who doesn't know enough about him. I'm not saying he can't do it, but Alenia, I know, can cover that ground. He instantly looks better for me. I would argue that that's the one reason I can think of why Pooch isn't perfect for this setup, is that I need someone defensively better behind Messi if I know he's not covering. I think Coutinho, whilst he isn't the most obvious runner, does. Needs a bit more credit for that. Griezmann is a workhorse. He's a brilliant at it so I think if we know we're set up for Messi not to track we can work with it because he gives us enough going forward as I say to reiterate my point the problem that we have and have had is that there's too many players around him that also aren't doing the tracking who aren't given anywhere near as much with the ball and we we need to stop so I think that again sort of broken record time for me maybe but Busquets has to go Jordi Alba has to go or sadly one of them stays and Messi has to go. And let's be honest, we know which one we know which one we'd all yeah. rather have, right? That, yeah. That's my take on it. What's your view? 
No, I would agree. I would agree. It just, it, you know, when you're drawing up the, the game plan, you know, and, and like I always say against these tough teams, top tier teams, it's how are we going to win the ball back? How are we going to play defense if we're not defensively sound and the press? That's one of the reasons why we were so successful, especially under Pep was the team press and trying to win the ball back. I know we're never going to be at that level, but at least we can try, right? We can be annoying to the other team when they're trying to get the ball out of their back, right? And like you said, there's players, if they're not all in and doing their work, then there's gaps and it's easy to break, right? And that's where it comes down to. So I definitely agree on the players you highlighted. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you give Messi more carte blanche because of what he can do in the moments known. So if you're going to do that, everyone has to be more disciplined. But again, I just really feel bad about Griezmann still because I want Griezmann to be successful. I see him running so much. And even in our WhatsApp chat, there's there's debate about mm-hmm. if he played well or if he didn't play well. And, you know, it seems as though Griezmann is content by doing the workhorse for Messi. But Kules have to understand that he's not going to be as potent as he was in Atleti because he's being asked to do a completely different role here. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. If 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 Griezmann's workhorse mentality is going to cover up Messi's defensive liabilities mm-hmm. essentially on the press, and he's still going to score between 12 and 15 goals, I'm okay with that. Yeah, and there's, there's two things I would say on that. It's a really, really valid point. And, and you know that I am a massive fan of how much Griezmann works. It's It's phenomenal. Two things. I think if Messi isn't going to press men, and we can get away with that, but he has to do one thing for me, which is that if we lose the ball, he has to go wide. If he only wants to run 15 yards, run wide, because what it will do is it will make sure that that fullback has got a decision to make then, which is if I go, I'm leaving Messi without anyone on him. No one wants to do that, but they might. You know, Trent Alexander-Arnold might back himself to get back, but most people in Europe would say, I can't go beyond Messi that far. Or the player goes and Messi is free. So I think that's what the first thing that has to happen is I don't need Messi to run back 50 yards with a man, but he's got to get to the byline, as, uh, sorry, to the touchline as quick as he can. That's the first thing. Second thing that I would say is I absolutely agree. Griezmann's running today was brilliant, and I think he can and will cover up Messi's defensive frailties. The other thing that I really, really liked today is the amount of times that we broke into the box or we were around the box and Griezmann was at the six-yard line in and around the penalty spot with two men on him. And that's what we've been missing. Now, he will get the ball or the ball will go towards him if we're playing the game properly, hardly ever if he makes that run. Because why would you put the ball into someone that's got two men on him? But yeah. look how many times that happened. Look at both of the, the, the first two goals. The space was there for, for Fatty because Griezmann took two men away. If you counteract the fact that Messi's probably got two on him as well, all of a sudden you're relying on central midfields from the other side not having the same issues that we're saying we have and tracking back and we've got our numbers. And so that's that's the difference between Griezmann and Suarez is that if Suarez ran as a central defender, you'd probably back yourself to catch him, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas when Griezmann makes that run, and that, again, going back to your point, what Kules need to realise is that if Griezmann makes that run 100 times and never gets the ball, he's done his job perfectly because he's taken men away. And he did that tonight better than I've ever seen him do it in, in Barcelona Colours. And I will have him doing that. Every, if he never scores a goal again for our club, but he makes that run 20, 30 times a game, he will be a massive asset for us because you can't defend that. Because what what do you do if you're a defender? Let someone go into a six-yard box? Of course you don't. Yeah, yeah, of course so he, Griezmann was phenomenal tonight. I hope that, I mean... Let's rate and who who cares overly, but I sincerely hope that you know when I look at Sport on Deportivo tomorrow, they've rated him 
he definitely put in a, an eight an eight out of ten performance, I would say, because he took defenders everywhere. And I think that's another little silver lining for us is that Griezmann will do that running. So I thought he was great. But final point on it, I think he'll get stick off the fans this year who will say, where's the return? Where's the goals? That's my worry, is it? Does he get pressure that he doesn't need? Um, But I thought he was great tonight. And if that's what covers up Messi's running, let him do it. And going back to your very first point, (laughs) Messi towards the end of the game had a bit of a smile on his face, which is nice to see. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the little, the little things, right? I mean, that's the thing with with Griezmann. You, you know, I know the goals will come because he's a world class player. He'll find that, and I think this role is going to suit him better because not only is he able to run on the counters and actually be a force, right? Because, like mm-hmm. you said, the center backs now have to really track him. It's not like before where Suarez had burst here and there, that type of thing. But Griezmann, I know he's not the, you know, if we're going to compare him to Dembele, he's not as fast as Dembele, but. Griezmann is definitely much faster than Suarez data, yeah. you know, right now. And, you know, especially on the second Fatih goal, he takes those two guys brilliantly away. And Fatih had a 1v1 perfectly because everyone was covered. And so those are the type of things. Obviously, I want him to score more because that's what Kool-Aid's want to see. They want to see the goals. Again, I'm I'm curious to see. This is just the first game. I know we we I think for me still, it's it's really hard to shake the 8-2. And so it's just, it's I still have that lingering in my rear view. Yeah. And seeing these type of things, yes, there's definitely some positives to go forward. It's going to be a long season to see mm-hmm. what's going to transpire. More importantly, how this roster shapes up and who really becomes the really true starting 11 going forward. Yeah. So I think for, for me as well, on, on the Griezmann, just one last point for anyone who might be on the fence, and I know there's a few people I've spoken to who have said, but is Griezmann a Barca player? Should you know If he was going to go from Atleti, should he have gone to Real Madrid instead of Barcelona? What I would say is, go and watch old video, go and watch old YouTube of David Villa during his time at Barca, and watch what Griezmann's doing. And specifically, watch what David Villa does in the first Pedro goal against Man United at Wembley in 2011. That is exactly what Griezmann done. And if you watch Take the Ball Past the Ball, which you've never seen it, get on it, great documentary. When asked about that, and in Graham Hunter's book, the praise comes for Villa's run before it before it comes for Xavi's pass. That's what we've got. And if Griezmann can give us half of what David Villa did, we'll be a happy man. And I would say he is what we need right now because of the messy scenario. Um, and I know I'm repeating myself on it, but that's who it reminds me of. We've got it's almost like we've got back to that um, Messi via Pedro days. You've got Fatty, who's playing the old Messi role, in my opinion. You've got Villa. Uh, sorry, you've got. Griezmann, who's playing the Villa role, we need someone to step into the shoes of what Pedro was doing, which Messi is more than capable of, of sure. doing that in terms of does he arrive at the right time? Does he make things happen? Slightly different dynamic. But this could potentially be as potent a front three as them if this goes right. And Griezmann will be key to that. Yeah, it's a good point. And like you said, you know, there's there's so many things that we don't see that lead up to the goal, right? I mean, the goals, the the finishing of the goal is the sexiest part, but the lead up mm. and everyone doing their job. And I just think, you know, as we talked about earlier with Luis Suarez, you know, obviously in games, he was able to put a performance together. But I think consistently through the 38, if Griezmann is healthy, you're going to see so much more spacing that is going to develop and give these wingers so much more opportunity and continue more opportunity to shoot from the top of the box because of Griezmann's run and understanding of space and so forth. So that's the other thing. Obviously, you know, I want him to score goals because that's ultimately like you said the return of investment on that so it's going to be a long season i can already tell (laughs) you have any last parting shots before we go i think the other thing that stood out for me tonight was again just how solid lenglet looked so he 
he looks like he's really becoming a solid partner in their next APK. And at the start of the the transfer window, I, I kind of said we needed to address centre back as well. I felt that we were we were weak. I think Longley has come back looking very strong. I think Araujo is an interesting one. I would happily see him sitting on the bench. Um, and I just think, again, that partnership of Longley and Pique looked phenomenal. And I think if we can protect them in front of the the midfield in front of them, I think that could be a really solid spine. And I, it's interesting that he's flying under the radar a bit for me, Longley. He's been very, very good. And we got him cheap as well. He was great. Um I thought that was really, really good. I thought it was interesting that when Dembele came on, again, we had a conversation about it in preseason. We yeah. don't like it every time he runs, but he's yeah. willing to run. And I thought he, <laughs> you know, he looked sharp. He didn't produce a huge amount, but he looked sharp. Yeah, I, 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 I'm positive. I think it's going to be a long season, but I'm, I'm feeling positive after tonight. I mean, you know, 4-0 is a good win for anyone, but yeah, yeah. we've touched on it a little bit, but Villarreal are a tough test. Should have been a tough test. They were terrible tonight, but they were. that's a big game out of the way for a first game. For sure. I, like, you know, with Villarreal, I just thought we were going to see a little bit more counter from them. I thought we were going to be a little bit more physical, I thought, especially with Parejo there. But uh, as you can see, you know, I don't think they had enough of a preseason uh, I don't think anyone really did. And so that's kind of this idea. So we'll see going forward, but uh, we'll just end it there. You know, we'll end it there. We'll see, you know, we have the next game coming up and again, we'll have plenty to talk about this week. So Barca Talk Podcast is part of the Blaugrana Podcast Network under Blaugranagram News Outlet. Blaugranagram is your place for all aspects of Barca. Go to blaugranagram.com for more info. Barca Talk is a production of Sounded Media with social media and promotion by 2.0. Until next time, Visca Barca. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.